Hi everyone, I'm your host, Jaco Selka, and you are listening to Hopefully Sustainable. Each week, I'm going to talk to extraordinary people who are doing extraordinary things to make the world a more sustainable place. My goal is for this episode to leave you feeling hopeful about an idea, a person, or the world in general. Thank you for joining me in this conversation, and all together we can be hopefully sustainable. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Hopefully Sustainable. My name is Jaco Selka, and I'm so glad that you are here today. Before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to thank everyone for following along with the podcast. I really hope that you all have been enjoying the first few episodes of season two. If you want to support the podcast, I highly recommend leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. This is a really great way to spread the news about Hopefully Sustainable and to really grow the audience of the podcast. I love reading all of the reviews and they are all greatly appreciated. For today's episode, we are going to be talking about certified B corporations. To be honest, coming into this episode, I had heard of B corporations, but I didn't know too much about what is involved in the certification process, or what it means for a brand or a business to be a certified B corporation. So today, we are speaking with Nathan Stuck. Nathan was the winner of B-Lab North America's 2020 Community Builder Award. He is also the chairman of B-Local Georgia and also works at a certified B corporation himself. Nathan is full of knowledge and is really entrenched in the B Corporation movement. So he is going to share with us how the certification process works, how the B Corp certification even came to be, and the value of this certification to a company, its employees, the community, the economy, and the environment. After listening to this episode, I encourage you all to turn over the products that you are buying in the grocery stores or the products you are buying online because I'm sure that you will begin to notice the B Corp logo on many of the products that you already purchase. One really easy way to start implementing sustainability into your personal life is to start seeking out B Corp certified brands and products. It's really important to start putting our money where our mouth is. So if you are passionate about sustainability, start looking for B Corp certified brands. They are everywhere from Ben & Jerry's to Allbirds to New Belgium Brewing to Patagonia. There are so many businesses out there who are starting to pursue and are achieving this certification. So over the next few months and years, this certification is only going to continue to grow and become the standard for all businesses moving forward. I learned so much from speaking with Nathan, and I hope that you all can learn about the importance of businesses not only making a profit, but making a difference. Let's get started. Welcome, Nathan, to Hopefully Sustainable. Today, we are going to be talking about a really interesting topic, the B Corp movement, which before this episode, I honestly didn't really know that much about. So I'm really excited to dive into all of what the certification means and why it's important and how you got interested in the movement. 
So before we get started, can you just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah, I'm Nathan. I'm the Director of Corporate Culture at Ad Victorium Solutions, which is a Salesforce consulting company, uh, consultancy in Alpharetta um, with employees all over the country. I've been with them since I finished my MBA at UGA in 2017. So I've been with them for a while. And I also am the founder and chair of Be Local Georgia, which is an organization that brings together a nonprofit that brings together all the B Corps in Georgia and does community outreach, community education around the B Corp movement. Um, and yeah, I'm kind of a, a do as many things as possible to keep myself busy. So serve on several nonprofit boards and just kind of any way to get out and stay active and kind of um, bring people together in the community and find creative ways to do that. Yeah, that's definitely more important now than ever before. To start out on just sort of a basic level, can you tell us what B Corp is and how did the B Corp movement start? B Corps are the gold standard of corporate social responsibility. So they're the only, I love, I mean, we're members, you know, at Victorian, we're members of Conscious Capitalism Atlanta, we're members of Pledge 1%, we're members of Go Beyond Profit, and honestly love the programming and, and what comes with all of those. I think the thing that separates B Corps out are the fact that you actually have to get certified and they verify everything you do. And every three years you have to re-up um, so like literally we're going through the process. We have our final audit on our recertification in two weeks. So I've been working on that since last June. They, it's, it's an assessment that you have to get a minimum score of 80 points and there there's different sections, um, workers, there's governance, there's community, there's suppliers and customers. So really looking at a full cycle, kind of how do you live your values um, at work and, and the 80s stuff to get to, and it's not an easy hurdle to jump. I would say the barrier to entry is high when you're going through the process, you curse that barrier a lot because it is quite <laughs> tedious. Um, when you're on the other side, looking back, you're grateful for that barrier because that B Corp logo on your product or on your website really signifies to the market that you really are, um, walking the walk. How did the B Corp movement come to be? Do you know like how it started or kind of what kicked off the whole movement? Yeah. So long story short, the B Corp. So there's a nonprofit called B Lab um, and they're the ones that started kind of B Corp certification. So the founders of B Lab were the original founders of um, and one, the, the basketball clothing company. And, and I'm going to date myself when I reference and one mixtapes, <laughs> but they used to do these like, and it was just like freestyle basketball in the park. And um, so these are the guys behind and one, and they built this really awesome company, really awesome culture, um, big on diversity and inclusion. And they did all these things and they paid their people well. Um, and then when they decided it was time to exit and they were kind of just like most, I think startup CEOs get to at some point or founders where you're like, I need a break. Um, They sold it. And, um, and I can't remember the exact specifics if they were forced to sell it because they had shareholders and they got an offer and the shareholders decided like, Hey, we own more than you do or what, what it was. But long story short, they sold it. Um, And the VC firm, I believe that came in basically kind of took away everything that made the company great. Um, and there were layoffs and there were pay cuts and there were new people brought in and policies rolled back. 
and they just sat there watching kind of like in the rear view mirror, like everything they built and what they were so passionate about, not just the brand, not just the revenue or the profits, but just the thing that they had built kind of being stripped away and sold for parts. And, um, so they try, they, they kind of like at that point decided like next thing we build is going to be something that prevents that from ever happening again. And that's kind of where the B lab came. It's kind of where the movement started, I should say. Um, and then they started uh, with B with benefit corporation legislation and pushing for that, where you can actually incorporate as a benefit corporation. So, and through that legislation, you would have to be, um, audited once a year mm. by an outside party and out of that audit process out of that legislation came B lab and then being the third party auditor and then out of that came the idea of why don't we since it was so slow to move legislation in so many places they decided why don't we just let companies take this assessment reach a milestone and certify them as you know businesses using uh, business as a force for good. So that's where that came from. So there's a lot of confusion around like what's a benefit corporation, what's a B Corp. There's a slight difference. Georgia just got benefit corporation legislation last year that took uh, went into effect in January of 2021. So, but you, you, they're not one and the same, but in a weird intertwined way, that's kind of the background of from and one to legislation to B Corps. <laughs> When did you first learn about B Corp and what excited you about it and wanted made you want to get involved? Um, MBA program, I, the full-time MBA at UGA is a two-year program. So going into, I think sometime over Christmas break, my first year, there was an email from, from Jake in the Career Center. And he was asking like, hey, there's this project. Um, and he sent out to everybody in Net Impact and was like, there's this project. This company wants to get B Corp certified. If you're interested, there's a meeting January 5th or whatever. So I'm like, all right, whatever, you know, like I was all about experiential projects because which I could do a whole nother podcast about um, because I, I knew what I didn't want. I came in as a non-traditional MBA with 10 plus years of corporate experience and I, I didn't want to go back to that. That's why I was pivoting. So I needed projects like this to figure out kind of who, you know, I know that I'm going to network my way into something and that the job I want probably isn't posted. So I went to the meeting, like, I'll figure this out. And I get there, I'm like, oh, they have like eight employees, you know, like who's this company that I'm meeting with? And uh, <laughs> and and if you've ever met our CEO, he's got like a ponytail. Like he's just like, doesn't look like he's not like in your like busy. He doesn't belong on the fourth floor of Corel Hall to a certain extent. Like he's got the <laughs> button down shirt or the button up shirt, like kind of buttoned halfway up. He's got jewelry on, he's got the ponytail. <laughs> the classic um, example of not judging a book by its cover. Yes. And I've, wow, I've used that a lot of times too. Like, I mean, they walk in, he and his wife and they are a power couple and you're like, what, what, like there's, but not in the traditional sense where you're like, there's none of this computes right now. So, um, and they're laying out this project and I'm like, okay. And it's like kind of the premise of B Corp, but they didn't really fully know what it was yet. Jake mm -hmm. definitely didn't know. And then a student who had graduated like two years prior had interned at B lab during her MBA so she came down, she was in Raleigh. Um, she came down to this meeting and like, I, I was just kind of hooked because at the time, not only had I come from 10 years of corporate America, I had come from a place where I had fallen out of love with capitalism. And I was a business major undergrad. I was a market or international business with marketing undergrad. 
I mean, I literally wrote a paper in 10th grade about how I was going to be an international businessman. Like, and I had, <laughs> I had, and I had done all the right things on the corporate ladder and I played the game and I could sell and I did outside sales. I did operations. I'm building this resume. And like all of a sudden, like 2013, 2014, it was like, like I got laid off twice in 2013. I just, uh, what did I, then I took another job. I was like, like, I, one point I was like selling used cars, like I, cause I worked <laughs> for enterprise and I went back to enterprise to work in their used car division. Um, and then I took a job where literally I quit two months in where it was just the, like the worst job I could ever have. Oh, no. Um, and all of a sudden now I'd had two jobs, pretty much two companies, the first 10 years of my career. And now I had worked for four companies in 18 months. And I literally quit my job, came back, decided I would get an MBA um, drove an Uber for a year. I was reading Thomas Piketty's Capital in the 21st Century. So I was all are also going down that rabbit hole of like how capitalism is broken. And I start my MBA and I'm getting into that and and kind of, you know, and I'm and I'm reading Piketty and I'm, you know, starting to get back into academia, which can be a little more progressive. And I'm, you know, mm -hmm. talking to professors and like this project just like landed like a gift from the gods of like, here it is, Nathan, like, here's your future. Like, this is and it is, it's capitalism with guardrails. It's people still, you know, that make money. Um, I've known people in this, that, you know, and I'll tell you the same thing. I'm an unapologetic capitalist. I just think there have to be rules and parameters. And I think you can make money and have a purpose without having to step on people to get there. Like, I don't think making money is a bad thing. Um, I just think that you can do it in a way that uplifts everybody. Like the old saying, a rising tide lifts all boats. Um, mm. So, and more, you know, more in, the, there's an expression in the B Corp world where we generate more, more profit, more purpose. So yeah, we're all in this to make money, you know, we're not nonprofits. So, but it's just done in an equitable way that doesn't take advantage of the environment or the community you serve or the people that, that help you make that money. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I was just, it was just perfect timing for me to be introduced to this kind of like new way of approaching business and solving business problems and thinking about stakeholders versus shareholders. As someone with this capitalist mindset and you're really in corporate America working, what made you realize or what made you think that it was important for companies to not only make a profit, but to also make a difference? I think really just those experiences. I think just having seen that, like, I tell the story of the one one of the companies I worked for in that 18 month spell where, um, and last year, I don't know what they made in 2013. I know last year they did $51 billion in revenue, but um, the way that that whole transaction went down where they shut down the office that I had worked at for a prior company um, they were doing it in secrecy. They weren't going to tell any of us. And somebody leaked it to us to let us know, like, hey, heads up, like January 31st, you're out of a job. Wow. Um, and then I made the mistake of actually trusting them enough to go work for them after this. Um, and then didn't realize as I was working like 70, 80 hour weeks and setting the same thing basically up from scratch again they um, that they were going to basically once I got all the systems in place, they basically took the systems and that and and pulled me in Friday at like three o'clock in the afternoon and then basically dumped all my work on my counterpart in a different division and they he didn't get a raise like all my drivers that was in a trucking company all my drivers took pay cuts like and at the end of the day all the pay cuts that we took and all the money they saved came out to about 
maybe $250,000 a year. Wow. Off of a, you know, which you do the math on a $51 billion a year company. You're like, huh? So, so my shareholders each got like a thousandth of a cent on their dividends. Like, yeah. You know, but, but, but for those people that, you know, for my drivers that made $50,000 or 55, that was 10% of their salary that, that just poof gone. And so there was, that has been a driving, like that story, that experience will continue to drive me to, um, I don't want to say frown upon that type of way of doing business, but it's definitely put things into perspective for you yes that there is a better way to do it and there is a way to do it and and like don't get me started on my milton friedman soapbox of of shareholder (laughs) primacy but but that is that 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 is the epitome of why shareholder primacy was flawed i think when it came out i don't know that it necessarily was intended to be evil um but it has been so perverted over the years that that those are the outcomes that that happen is that it's a kind of a when it all costs for shareholders. It's like every little like thousandth of a cent you can collect by kneecapping people that you need to get the job done. Just there's something wrong about that. Mm -hmm. To get into the nitty gritty of the B Corps certification, can you tell us what is the certification process like? I know you mentioned there's a, a certain score that you have to achieve and how long does the certification process take? That's a great question. So the process can be tedious. Again, high barrier to entry. There is, there's essentially a maximum of 200 points and you need 80 on the assessment, which anybody that's fairly decent at math knows is a, what, a 40, which is that even a D or is that just F? I think in straight F. (laughs) Straight F. So um, so yeah, so you need a 40% on the exam to pass. Um, but anybody who's taken it realizes that the 80 is really hard to get to. So you go through each section and obviously depending on which industry you're in for us, you know, suppliers and environment, there's not a lot of points to be gained because we're an IT consultancy, you know, so there's no, I mean, there's a footprint in the cloud and there's, you know, we have computers and our consultants travel and, I mean, we're honestly this year looking at going carbon neutral. We're working with a company out of Florida to figure that or a nonprofit out of Florida to figure that piece out. But we can't make a huge impact there. Um, just just given what we what you know, the nature of our business versus I have a friend that works at avocado mattress, you know, avocado green brands that makes the mattresses. The majority of their points are in supply chain because they're sourcing all these different materials to make a mattress. So for them, theirs looks different than ours. And even if you you juxtapose and then like, so there's also the workers section. For us being a consultancy, all our people are paid very well. Um, we have to be very competitive with benefits and 401ks and um, sick leave and volunteer leave and paid time off. And we so we naturally score very high in those. And then, you know, the community section, a lot of that is, you know, what percentage of, you know, your revenue last year either in kind, did you donate or with time, um, you know, with volunteer time, did you donate? So, you know, so it, it kind of depends on the industry and and even like, you know, within that sphere, there's different types of consultancies. Some focus more on the service industry, some focus more on your supply chain. Um, but yeah, so that, and the assessment even has different tracks on it. So if you at the beginning say that, you know, this is what we do, it's going to take you down a different path. You're going to get different questions than my company did. So 
Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not the easiest process. It took us two years from start to finish. Granted, we reinvented the wheel a bunch of times and we wrote our own handbook from scratch, which was not necessary. Um, one of the first things I do when I work with the student groups at UGA is go, here's our handbook, <laughs> control F replace, um, <laughs> you know, and then obviously, you know, tweak whatever you want, but there's no need for you to spend, you know, three hours researching, writing a, you know, a, policy on you know having a lactation station for breastfeeding moms like that that is a here's the leak here you go mm -hmm. um done and it's copy paste it's done in 10 seconds so we did a lot of wheel reinventing but it's not unheard of to hear it taking a year or two years because the other piece is being intentional about it and wanting to get these things right and not just wanting to cram it in because the thing that separates this from a lot of other certifications is it's not just a we're done it's a how do we implement this? How do we make it a part of our culture? How do we make it a part of our brand? How do we incorporate it into, you know, recruiting, into retention, into customer acquisition, into community involvement? Like how, how do we make this a part of our identity and our DNA as a company? So there's a lot more intentionality, I think, that goes into it or that should go into it. And I think the companies who successfully maintain their B Corp status and continue on that upward trajectory and, you know, getting a little bit, you know, scoring a little bit higher every time you take it every three years, I think are the companies that maybe spend a little bit more time thinking about the why when they do it. And then the other part of the process, so you get to 80, you hit submit, and then you get entered into kind of a verification queue where they're going to ask for different documents, um, you know, show us your, your top 50 suppliers or show us your, you know, we just got one the other day that was like, can you prove or show us proof that you paid out bonuses to 75 to hundred percent of your employees, mm. you know, in 2019, I'm like, I'm not really sure how I, I can do that, but we'll figure it out. So I'll get <laughs> with our CFO and we'll get you an answer. Um, so yeah, figuring out uh, like once you get through that um, you'll get like to the audit phase. And that's where you actually have a call with a standards analyst from B lab. And they kind of go through bullet by bullet or point by point and, you know, make sure that you're there and they're not there to catch you either. So the nice part is if, if you, for some reason, fail to audit, we did our first time. We, we, we thought SunTrust was a local bank because, you know, we were in Alpharetta and SunTrust is right down 400. You pass it going down 400. You see it <laughs> yeah. it's right there. Um, that does not count um, as a local bank. So, you know, different rules or, you know, but they're there to help. And, you know, they were able to kind of actually point out other places that we left points on the table to make up for our, our SunTrust gaff. So yeah, they're there to help. They'll let you kind of re go. They won't send you back to the end of the line or give you a fail. Try again next year. It's it's they're willing to work with you to help you get there um, as long as you have the there there. So um, yeah, so that's kind of the process. It is, it's tedious. I mean, that's why a lot of people, like we use students um, this semester, we're working with Georgia Tech, Emory, UGA, and I don't think we have a project going with Georgia State, but we're working with some of their students this semester. So um, a lot of companies will use, either have somebody full-time that just, that's what they're going to focus on is the B Corp certification, or they'll get students from a local university, or they'll hire, there's a kind of a growing ecosystem of consultants out there. You mentioned the importance of having intention, intentionality when you're filling out the application and it's such a, a very 
you know, tedious process to go through. Is there a recertification process or how do they ensure that after you get the initial certification that you're still continuing to implement these different policies into your workplace? Yeah, um, every three years, every three years. Um, so you can't just you can't just get it and then just move on and like start pouring sludge out of the back of your factory into the river again. Um, so you actually have to kind of continue. Um, the nice part for us, I think the thing that made it easier because we are recertifying, we certified in January of 18. So we are technically um, almost there. We submitted in like August, I think of last year, and we're just waiting to get through. We had to verify documents. So we're not going to like lose our status on January 31. Um, but yeah, we're every three years, you have to go through it again. And what made it easier for us this year was that over that time and going through the process the first time, we established a bunch of KPIs like that were related to the B impact assessment. So, you know, um, diversity amongst managements, um, diversity amongst new hires, you know, things that we track now and monitor and know, like we know that three years ago we were in the IT space, we were 73% white men. That was our company. And then, and, you know, end of 2019, we were 48% white men. So like yeah. those things of like, you can't, you can't improve what you're not measuring. Like this kind of gave us those tools to do it. Um, and so it's made us a better version of ourselves. Cause now we're tracking, like, what is our volunteer? What were our volunteer hours? And what was the percentage of revenue? What was our pro bono, you know, consulting hours as a percentage of revenue. And like, we want to see those things go up every year, even little things like what was the percentage of employees that took advantage of volunteer time off? So it was 25 in 2019, 2020, I set a goal for 75%. COVID hit, like there are no, there's no volunteer yeah. opportunities. <laughs> um, so, so we were 25% again. So it's like, but the nice part is it's like, I know that number and guess what I'm trying for again in 2021, um, where we're going to have a monthly company sponsored volunteer event that you, you can use your VTO for. So that that's the beauty I think of the recertification is it keeps people honest, but I think it also, because you know, you're going to go through it again. Hey, you want to be organized. Cause that first time is where you never thought about, you know, like what's our, you know, like, you know, if it's, if you're a big manufacturer, like what are our greenhouse gases or, you know, even for us, it was like, you know, having to pull all of a sudden, it's like, I don't know, we need like two years of electric bills. And now like those are all on a spreadsheet. Like, mm -hmm. so things like that, like it gets easier that second time because you're now organized and you're now tracking these things. But I think it also makes you better as a company because you're organized and you're tracking these things. Yeah, definitely. So as someone who works for a certified B Corp, what kind of pride do you feel in working for that company? And do you think that B Corps attract a different talent pool than a company or a brand that does not have that certification? There's a pride in being a B Corp. Um, there is definitely a, and I'm probably a biased answer because I'm so deep in the weeds and I've, you know, I've joined, you know, I started a B Local chapter. I started B Local Georgia. I put on the build conference last year, build Southeast. So I was the main guy behind that one. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of like deep into it. And I, and I just am like a passionate drinker of the Kool-Aid, but I think it's my job to also help people appreciate the fact that they work at a B Corp. So even this year, as I've expanded like B local Georgia and I've added some folks to the board, 
I was very adamant about bringing in people who might not be like, you're not a director. Like I have people who are just business development at companies at B Corps that aren't even headquartered in Georgia, but I'm just bringing them in to get them into the community. I've, you know, internally at our company, we started a B Corp steering committee where, you know, they help us figure out, you know, what, where are we going to volunteer? Where are we going to donate money? Where are we going to, and off of those have spun other little like subcommittees where it's like, okay, you know, like this piece of the culture you own. And so, you know, trying to implement it in a way that, that gets everybody excited. But anecdotally, I will say that having also been very involved with our on-campus recruiting since we started doing it, I used to explain to people what a B Corp was a lot more than I do now. And now I'm getting people when, you know, obviously we were virtual last year at UGA and UF, but I get people who go like, you know, it's like, so what about Advic stands out to you? You know, what do you like, what, you know, why apply for this job? What do you, what, you know, what, what, what appealed to you? And I'll get the answer of like, I really love that you're, you're a B Corp and I'm an MIS major and I want to get into IT consulting. It's like, but that's the end. It's like, well, that's what we do. But you want to, you started with, but you're a B Corp. So I think there's, there's slowly a shift as there's more awareness of the B Corp movement as there's more awareness. Like you'll notice if you start looking at your groceries, you'll start to see that logo more and more. Mm-hmm. So I think that, I think that the awareness is coming and B lab's been doing, you know, their vote every day campaign. They've been doing a lot of campaigns, but I think the B to C products have helped with, you know, you see it on your Tom's shoes, you see it on your Tom's of Maine, you see it on your yogurt. And I mean, I'm looking through my fridge the other day and I'm like, Tillamook cheese, like all these different things, like where you're like, you know, Danone, you know, Dan and yogurt, like you start seeing the B Corp logo on everything from like kombucha to yerba mate to like, it's like, oh, oh, this is everywhere. And I think, especially as you see, it took me a while to even convince my parents who are in their late sixties of like, oh, and they're like, so what's this B Corp thing you do? And like, why does it matter? And like, you know, like I, I won the community builder award last year and like, and like, I guess my mom did some research and she calls me like two days later. She's like, I had no idea what a big deal that was. You know, like, I, I like, it's like, thanks mom. And she saved a, uh, a package of, I think it was Cabot. Um, but she saved the packaging to come over and show me like, Aww. look, it's got a B Corp logo on the back. <laughs> you're like, yeah, I know mom. Good. That's, that's awesome. I'm glad you're, you're supporting B Corps, but, um, <laughs> I don't know that we'll ever fully win that generation over um, as progressive as my parents might be. I don't think they fully get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Gen Z, I always make the joke that Gen Z makes millennials look like we just drive down the road, throwing trash out of the side of our car. Like <laughs> we just roll down the window and chuck the McDonald's bag on the side of the road. And like, and millennials were like, wait, but we invented this like purpose thing. Like this is ours, man. Like, and I, I meet, you know, and I'm an upper cusp millennial, but I meet, you know, either, you know, people in their mid twenties, young twenties, and like that demand for purpose of like, that's great. Okay. So I do this job, but I need to know that the company stands for something. I need to know that my work stands for something. I need to know that, you know, I have a purpose in what I do and I'm not just coming in for the next 35 years of my life. 35, 45 years, if you're in your young twenties and punching a time card and typing in some things into a computer and going home, like I need something greater. And quite honestly, if you don't share my values, they will not work for you. So they come in kind of with that mindset and they're moving the needle more than I think any generation ever has. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with everything you just said. And I really think that people in my generation and my younger sister's generation are really demanding that more that their jobs do have a purpose and that we feel like we're actually making a difference when we're going to work. So I think that this certification is really great. And that's really amazing to hear that that's the number one reason people are coming to your company. And that gives me a lot of hope moving forward that more and more companies will see that people who want to work for them are demanding this type of certification and that consumers are going to want to see their brands having the certification as well. Yeah, and it does. I mean, and there is, there's a certain added element of pressure um, to that because you also feel like because if they know the B Corp brand and they know what it stands for, like there's a certain element of pressure to perform there of like, we better deliver on what their expectations are. You've mentioned the Be Local Georgia, and when I was doing some research for the episode, it's defined as Be Locals are place-based communities of people using business as a force for good. They exist to create connections, increase the positive impact of their B Corp community, and raise awareness of the B economy. So you run Be Local Georgia. Can you tell us a little bit more about these chapters and what the Be Local Georgia chapter is working on right now? Yeah, so Be Local, the idea actually came out of Portland, which is one of the like per capita, probably B Corp uh, center of the universe. And so for them, it, it, it grew as an idea or it grew out of an idea to start bringing these companies together um, and, and let them know about each other and get to know each other and potentially do business with each other. And that's very similar story to Be Local Georgia, where we got certified and by accident, I attended the B Summit because I thought it was some sort of global summit for B Corps in Amsterdam. <laughs> and it was just a European summit. But that was like my first like full immersion into meeting these people that just like wowed me with their passion and what they were doing in the world. So I came back from that like gung ho. And like, so there was, I think I was on a panel about B Corps at UGA, like shortly after I graduated. And there was another guy who ran boardwalk capital management, which is a certified B Corp. So I reached out to Scott and I was like, Hey, let's, I'm interested in kind of doing this. Let's meet. So we literally met some, I don't even remember where in Brookhaven for a beer and, and some appetizers. And we sat at the bar and we kind of like whiteboarded out on a napkin, like how we were going to do this and what we were going to do. And so, and then sure enough, like by the end of the, um, I think it was by the end of like October, we had a meeting on the calendar with our like nine or 10 B Corps at the time in 2018 and we had dinner at one of their offices in Clarkston and we sat down and we catered and I had like a little like eight point slide deck that I showed everybody of like, here's what I want to do here. I want to bring people together. I want us to have a feel a sense of community and feel a sense of belonging together. Um, I want us to collaborate together. Uh, and then I want us to grow the community together so that we have a place where it's like we all know each other. So if, if you know, somebody's in the IT field wants to get certified, you know, to have them call us. If somebody is, you know, financial advisor or somehow, you know, that, that line of where I'm going to have them call Scott, or if somebody's a coffee roaster, I've got Thrive, I've got Cafe Campesino, I'll get them involved. And next thing you know, like, I don't know, shortly thereafter, we had an event at, at Sweetwater Brewing that I sweet talked my boss into paying for. <laughs> and uh, so, it, yeah, and I think there were 30 people at that event at Sweetwater. And I thought, I remember sitting there counting with my hand and just being like, yes, 30. Uh, 
Yeah. And so, and it's just grown from there. And I think where I'm taking it or where I want to take it is, you know, out of COVID came great opportunity for networking and community building that we realized that we're all very much more intertwined than I think we gave ourselves credit for. I mean, even for me being in Athens, like, oh, the Atlanta network, like going to an Atlanta networking event, especially if I'm not in Atlanta that day for work, like, I've got to leave here at three and so I can beat traffic, but then I'm going to be there two hours early. And so I find a coffee shop to work at. And then I leave the event at seven 30 and I get home. at. So I can just log on to any event. So I started kind of thinking along those mindsets, which is where the, the, the conference came out of last year where I just kind of was like, and at this point I had met all these people. So I literally, I was on a call with the be local Georgia board and I texted um, Adrienne, who runs Be Local Asheville. I texted Jared, who started Florida for Good, which is their version of, of Be Local Florida. I, I texted, you know, a couple people on the Triangle, um, friend in Chattanooga, Be Local, you know, Be Tennessee. And then it was like, hey, let's include like DC, Maryland, Virginia. They've got one, Be Local Mid Atlantic. So, and, it, and so now it's like this like regional collaborative that we have somehow created where. I think we all realize we have shared values. We enjoy each other's company. We respect each other's businesses. Uh, why are we not working together more? Why are we, you know, and, and the only way, you know, nobody's, you've got to be front of mind um, when you're, when you're selling, like that's the key to be to selling is that people think of you like, Oh, it's, you know, it's Nathan from be local, you know, like we're, you know, or we need Salesforce help. Like, and it's started to happen actually, but it's like, Oh, let's call Nathan and see what his company actually does. But we're not going to be front of mind for each other. If we're not hanging out together, if we're not meeting. So if I need a creative marketing agency, like I can get one here, or I know, I, I know the values of this guy's company in Lexington, Kentucky, I can call Brad, you know? Um, so thinking along those lines of building this big community and then even within Georgia though supporting each other and lifting each other up like this year we've we've already started working with conscious capitalism Atlanta we've I'm, I'm working to get in front of go beyond profit and to me I think some people it, not as much as it used to I think there used to be a little bit of snootiness in the B Corp movement of like well they're not certified um, versus me, I look at wherever people are willing to take that first step into corporate social responsibility, wherever they're comfortable is where I want to meet them and, and support them and, and, and applaud them for whatever steps they are taking and then kind of show them though, that there's a, there's more to the journey. Um, and, and it's profitable and, and it's, and your people will love it and your customers will love it and your suppliers will love it. And, you know, the community will applaud it. So I don't, I, that to me is, is part of where I see us going in 2021 is, it's just building a community, building a community within Georgia and also building a community just within the Southeast of, of just purpose-driven businesses that um, care, that, that want to do everything the right way and being a support network, being a, a you know, a source of resources of, of, I don't know how to solve this problem. Um, or I need a, do you know anybody, you know, trusted referrals or potentially business deals. So that's, that's really where I see it going. And that's kind of where my, my passion lies is, is that community building. That's something that comes up a lot when I'm having these conversations around sustainability is really getting people out of their own individual silos and working together, because that's really the only way that we're going to make 
progress and really move forward on making sustainability a priority. So I think that's really important. Yeah, it's like the handbook analogy I told you earlier, like, why did we spend all that time writing all these policies? Like, you know, you think about it, like time is, 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 is a finite, whatever you want to call it, asset that we all have, but as a greater sustainability movement, especially seeing some of the things with like, you know, climate reality and, and reports come out in the last couple of weeks, um, time is finite. So, and, and, and the clock is ticking. So it's like, we need to make sure that none of us are, if we can save each other time as well by being resources and we can help people focus on where their value add is in the kind of profitable purpose mindset, then we're doing everybody a solid. Like I don't need that, you know, business owner or that director of, of strategic impact or whatever working on a handbook. Like that's pretty low hanging fruit. So those are the types of things too, of like, yeah, if we can help each other and support each other, we can do this much more efficiently and get to where we want to get much quicker. For listeners who are interested in learning more about B Corp or just about the movement, where can listeners go to find out more information? So for listeners that are curious, uh, I would recommend going to bcorporation.net. Um, and that's going to be kind of the parent, the, the, the governing body for B Lab, the governing body for B Corp certification, um, their website. You'll find all kinds of resources there. Um, things to learn more. You can also log in if you're a business owner curious about this and, and take the assessment. Um, if you're a, you know, a student, I would look at your local university and see if there are any projects you can get involved in. Um, and if there aren't, you know, I mean, there's some people who, you know, look, look at what clubs you're involved in and, and, you know, certain people like myself included, and there's people, you know, I know at UF and NC state and you know, there's people passionate in the community that, usually can help find a project for you to work on and give you a little oversight. You know, people like me will help with the project methodology and kind of what you need to do. Um, there's also for academics, there's a whole, there's literally B academics. Um, if you Google B academics, you'll find them, but there's a whole network of professors and PhDs and people out there who this is what they're passionate about. And um, this is what they study and this is what they do research on. And if you're in Georgia, BeLocalGeorgia.com is a great one. And honestly, we're about to redo that website. So if you got there and it's super spiffy, then we've redone it. I would also say the best way to stay up to date with us, just because we're kind of a scrappy volunteer run organization, is uh, LinkedIn, Be Local Georgia on LinkedIn. I think it's LinkedIn.com slash BeLocalGeorgia. So, um, or you can connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to answer questions. Um, I'm, I'm probably one of the more accessible, busy people that you'll ever find because I will <laughs> never not take a question about B Corp. Um, I might need to limit my 30-minute meetings to 15 minutes. <laughs> but um, yeah, but you can find me. I think I'm linkedin.com slash Nathan A. Stuck. You'll see me. I have a big beard and everything. So yeah, um, I'm probably, and I'm probably wearing a B Corp shirt. So <laughs> Okay, so look for the beard and the B Corp shirt. Yes. I'll be sure to share all of those links in the show notes so everyone can find out more information and potentially connect with you. And before I let you go, working in such a progressive field with the B Corp certification, what are you hopeful about? I'm hopeful for real lasting change. Um, I know that sounds kind of like utopian, but I'm, I'm hopeful for this movement sticking this i mean we saw it happen in 2020 there's an increased demand from companies wanting to certify as b corps 
I think we've hit the point of no return, whether it's climate change, whether it's, you know, the global pandemic, whether, you know, even, even justice, uh, equality, diversity, inclusion, the, the Jedi principles of, I don't see this ending. I don't see people going on to the next, like my, it was my fear at the beginning was that we were going to chase the next squirrel that ran across and go, Oh, and like completely lose interest until the next horrible, like murder happened in front of our eyes. And I think, I think you've seen an entire shift in society and our values and, and I forget who I heard say this the other day, but th this is the future and there are people kind of fighting the move to the future. But I, I strongly believe in the next 20, 50, 100 years in America that we're going to solve some huge, huge problems that face us. Um, and we're going to undo a lot of injustices that have been done over the last, you know, really time of the lat of mankind's history i think we're we're just evolving as a society so that's what i'm hopeful for and i hope that everybody realizes that you know what it's not going to happen overnight so whatever action you can take to make it happen if it's a volunteer event if it's you know opening a door with a smile like be that ripple of change that you want to see in the community and uh, just do it as much as as much and as often as possible and i think we'll that collective change will happen i love that well, coming into this episode, as I mentioned, I really didn't know that much about the B Court movement or what the certification entailed. So I really hope that everyone along with myself really learned so much and is going to start supporting B Corp's B Corp certified businesses and looking for those brands in the grocery store. So Nathan, thank you so much for teaching us all about the B Corp movement and for leading this change. Awesome, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you want to learn more about today's guest or just say hello, check out the show notes and find us on Instagram at hopefully sustainable pod. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. As you finish this episode, remember that we are all on a personal journey to make the world a better place, but it's all about progress, not perfection. Until next time, stay hopeful and stay sustainable.